This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete, but he certainly hasn't played great quarterback. And yesterday he was holding on to the football way too long. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We get an opportunity to get you in this hour. Lines are open now on all of the happenings from Sunday, including Justin Fields, including the Cowboys. We get to it all right now. We Welcome in the great Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst. And of course, Monday night countdown tonight. That begins at 5 p.m. Eastern time, leading into the doubleheader on ESPN and ABC. Swagoo, let's just start right here with the Cowboys and their impressive win yesterday. Joe and I, shockingly, prefer to pour cold water on it, considering who they've played the first couple of weeks. So how do you evaluate the Cowboys when you consider who their first two opponents have been? Uh, To be determined, man. Um, Let me tell you, I I may be pouring cold water. I don't know what you guys' takes have been on that. But, I mean, is it new that this defense is good? Like, is that something that – we didn't think they would be before the season. Um, they've led the league in turnovers the last two years. We knew Michael Parsons was an absolute beast. We knew they could get after people in the passing game. I will say it's two bright spots defensively. They've they've handled the run better, and the secondary is now complete with Stephon Gilmore. That those are the two things that have shown itself. So. Is it a better defense in, in certain areas? Absolutely. Opposite of Trayvon Diggs and what they've been able to do in the secondary. Here's the thing, guys, and this is why I'm not going to pour, pour cold, too much cold water. I love what Mike McCarthy is doing from an offensive philosophy standpoint. Like, it has, it has carried the day now here for two weeks. Do y'all know Dallas ran the ball, I think, oh, 32 times? Between um, between their running backs, mm-hmm. Dak had I think another nine carries, but I think Pollard had like twenty five, and they threw the ball thirty eight. It was thirty thirty eight passes, I think thirty three runs. This is exactly what Mike McCarthy was talking about when everybody lost their damn mind before the season, saying you can't win running the football. No, you run it situationally, and coincidentally, did we watch the Chargers and what they did in overtime? and lost that game, I think Kellen Moore is great. I think Kellen Moore can call plays. Kellen Moore threw three deep balls in overtime and gave the game away. And Mike McCarthy got a lead against a really good defense and said, I'm not going to Josh Allen this thing or Buffalo Bills this thing, and we're going to continue to run and stay balanced. That getting the ball out of his hands. That is the most. That is the bright spot for me about this Dallas offense is that I think it's sustainable. Marcus, let me ask you this. One of the things that has me tentative, I love the way Dak looked yesterday. They've they've manhandled their first two opponents. They deserve credit for it, but I've also watched Dallas win 12 games in each of the last two years. My biggest concern is Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, against good coaching, good quarterback play in the postseason, final four minutes of each half with the game on the line. The game management has always been a huge concern. Do you think they're going to be able to overcome that this year? CBD. Like I said it before the season started, this is about moments when we start determining about Dak Prescott. 
and what he is as a quarterback, right? Like you enter the upper. The reason why we have we had Joe Burrow behind Patrick Mahomes is because one, he beat him in the playoff game, and then he went and beat Josh Allen, so he superseded Josh Allen. The reason we had Josh Allen highly ranked is I, now I'm not talking about talent. All of these guys are talented. Dak is talented, but it's the moment. So to say you don't trust Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy is the most fairest statement you'll probably make on radio today because we haven't seen it. And that's what I was arguing with people last week, a a similar situation about Zach Wilson. So we think Zach Wilson is good now, and we don't need to go get somebody to play, to actually play. When Robert Salah said we don't find a vet, we need to find a guy to back him up. Back him up. You need to find somebody you could give yourself a chance to win with. It's the same thing. I believe what I've seen. And what I've seen is Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. And we let's be honest, we're talking about the San Francisco 49er moments. That those, those are the moments we're talking about. How are you going to play and perform in that regard? The one glimmer of hope is that I think this offense will be way more real, well-rounded when we get to that point, which I used to have a major problem with how they went about doing Do you all remember the Jacksonville game last year with Dallas? And they yeah. gave up that lead and Dak threw interceptions. To me, that's coaching. So I got to see Mike McCarthy now calling plays because he hasn't been. I got to see what his philosophy is and if it's going to carry the day the rest of the way. So far, so good. And all we got is these two games to judge them off of. And based on these two games, I think the offense is going to carry more throughout the rest of the season. But this is about moments. Make no mistake about it. It's about when Dak gets in the playoffs. I've already said it. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're going to have a lot of hype behind them. It's 24 wins in the last two years. That's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. We're to the point now with a quarterback in his eighth year, with a, with a head coach that is a, is a Super Bowl champion, that decided to get rid of Kellen Moore, the, the young boy wanted to take over play call of duties. We will find out about them when it's time to find out about them. And that's when you play Philly and when you play, obviously when you get into the playoffs and you have things that are, aren't all going your way. And a quarterback on the other side that's giving your, at least having their team in the game against this defense. Swagoo with us, Marcus Spears, Monday Night Countdown beginning 5 p.m. today on ESPN. We, of course, have the doubleheader later on today. Uh, looking forward yep. to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, true or false and why? The Miami Dolphins are a legitimate Super Bowl threat. It's true, one, because Vic Fangio, I think, is going to continue. This defense is going to continue to get better. I didn't like how they ended the game against the Patriots, but um, I'm, I have I have to believe, like, going back, I got to believe what I've seen from Vic Fangio over his career. And that's his defenses get better and his bend but don't break mentality. And then, two, I don't know how you defend them. I don't know how you defend Miami. I'm, I'm being legit, guys. Like, I know it's, like, cliche to say sometimes. I, I literally don't know how you defend them. Tyree Hill didn't play well last night. And they still put up points. They still had opportunities. The only way I see it is them not, like, being able to consistently perform at a very high level. That don't mean you're going to win every game. But consistently perform at a very high level if it, if they have attrition injury wise, and obviously we talked about that with Tua. We saw Jalen Water go out last night, and they still had uh, success. The speed on this team, though, and the willingness for Mike McDaniel to run the football and be creative in how he does it, it Miami is going to be a be a be a tough out every single Sunday. 
And if Tua is healthy and with his accuracy and his ability to place the football, uh, you can make a hard argument that right now this is the toughest team to beat in, in the AFC. Swagoo, before the season started, when everyone's looking for dark horses, I staked my claim on the Cleveland Browns. I said if someone was a dark horse that was going to make a run in the conference, I'm going to back the Cleveland Browns. They're 1-0. Mm-hmm. They got a big matchup tonight in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. What are we going to learn about them tonight? How legit is this team? Did you make that did you make that prediction predicated on Deshaun Watson progression? My my prediction was that Watson would be better than what we saw last year and with everything else around yeah. him, especially on defense now that Dalvin Tomlinson was there, they were being undervalued yeah. by the market. And you and, and you would be right, sir. Um the one Achilles. And you deal, don't need to say anything else. Focus. That's good enough, Marcus. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> but as much as much as we focused on Baker Mayfield when he was there in Cleveland and they got all of those weapons in, the defense was the most disappointing phase of this football team. They've always had been successful running the football. Offensive line has been physical. It is about Deshaun Watson progression and if he can get I ain't I ain't ever saying he getting back to twenty twenty. But if he can get back to being one of the top five quarterbacks in the AFC which your talent lends itself to it, Cleveland is very formidable. The way they played in the secondary – now, now I got my concerns about Cincy because of what we saw this past week. Um, but the way they play in the secondary, what they do, what Jim Schwartz, the new defense coordinator, is doing with Miles Garrett, and I think the the addition of Darius Smith is going to pay off. I know you talked about Dalvin Thomas as far as taking care of the interior. I think the addition of Darius Smith at the end of the year may be one of the ones we look back and say, damn. Cleveland defense um, is very good, and we look up and they in the AFC championship or they deep in the AFC playoffs, and we could attribute it to the fact that they made these kind of subtle moves to get better. And I think the one that they made for Zadarius Smith, we may have to come back to that. This team is going to be really good, all predicated on Deshaun Watson continuing to get better and better throughout the season. Swagoo, appreciate it. Five o'clock, Monday night football, uh, Monday night countdown, Monday night football doubleheader on ESPN and ABC. Looking forward to it. Thanks for a few minutes as always. All right, fellas. Take care. That's Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst. Monday night countdown later on. Not even a Hail Mary could save one NFL team. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Robinson's the back, gets a handoff, turns at the 10, now cuts left at the 5, he breaks a tackle, into the end zone, touchdown, touchdown Washington, play action, steps up, throws towards the end zone, towards Cortland Sutton, incomplete, broken up by Benjamin St. Juice, no flags, game over! I can't change that we're 0-2, but that can certainly change how we approach the next game and prepare to play the third game, that's all we can do. Uh, I don't know, Sean. Things not going that smoothly. Carlin versus Joey, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. I mean, you're up 21 to 3 on the Washington Commanders. You not only let them come back, you let them take a two-score lead in the fourth quarter, and then you have to fight and scrape and claw to get back. You hit a Hail Mary at the buzzer, and you get a chance at a two-point conversion to tie it up, and you can't do it. And I have to say, not exactly a thrilling play call by Sean Payton. As much as they're screaming about pass interference and all that, I don't care that. You You can look at it however you want. That is an Awful loss for the Denver Broncos, who now have lost two bad games at home where, Joe, let's call it what it is. It should have been an easy 2-0 start for Denver. Yeah, they should be 2-0 right now. you got to be really disappointed if you're the Denver Broncos with the opportunities you've missed. Bizarre game last yesterday. Fun game. Very fun game. A very but fun a bizarre, game. A bizarre game to watch overall. Three-and-a-half-point favorite. Washington's coming in to your turf. They struggled offensively last week against Arizona at home, and then they come to your building and they hang 35 on you. I mean, it's just a series of mistakes. Denver right now is a very sloppy football team. Seven sacks yesterday. They were minus two in turnover differential. Just everywhere you look, they commit nine penalties for 58 yards. That's just a lack of discipline. Turnovers and penalties are discipline stats. Nothing more, nothing less. Teams that are very good in turnover differential and very good with penalties, those are disciplined, well-run football teams. They're prepared football teams. They're teams that don't lose their focus, play in and play out. Denver's a team yesterday that grabbed that lead, and it felt like they were of the opinion that they were much better than they are and that they had that thing wrapped up and they were looking ahead to week three. Mm -hmm. And then when Washington came back on them, they had no answers. That's when they got worse. They tightened up and they folded. And then they complete the Hail Mary at the end of the game. They blow the conversion, and everyone wants to point at the officiating and blame them because it was pass interference. Yeah, it was pass interference. That's not why you lost that game. Nope. Don't, don't look at that one play after a miracle Hail Mary where every single Washington defender did everything they could to tip that ball in the air or catch it rather than knock it down, which is what they teach you. Don't look at that play as the one that cost you the game. The sloppiness cost you the game. 
Too many turnovers, too many penalties, and too many sacks allowed. And that's what this team's identity is right now. They're a sloppy football team. Peyton's got to clean that up before anything else. Otherwise, it's not going to matter. Like, you can score more points, or Russ can play a little bit better. But if you're going to play sloppy like this every week, you're not going to have a chance long term. Yes, very true. Russ And Russ threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, just one pick. And, you know, I think he picked up some decent yardage running the football, too. All of that's accurate. Seven sacks, dude. How are you going to tell me none of them are Russ's fault? I mean, they, they, when this has been the big knock on him in his career, if he holds onto the ball too long and he takes too long to, to get rid of it and he puts his offensive line in some bad spots, I want to hear more from Peyton on the inefficiency of that offense because – that wasn't good. You mentioned the communication was slow in the second half, specifically that second-to-last drive. What, what was going on? Well, there? It was more than just was one drive. There was a number of drives, you know, where we're late with personnel, getting out of the huddle. We took a while. I mean, that's got to change. We had to burn timeouts in the first half, and I'm not used to doing. we got to be better, and uh, I've got to be better. Russ has got to be sharper with, with getting it, getting the play out, and then we got to look at how much we have in. But, um, you know, if we need to wristband it, we will. That's such a shot at the quarterback for not knowing his offense. And this is what we saw last year under Hackett. They couldn't get the play in. They had more delay of games than anybody. Yep. That last little jab will wristband it if we have to. It's like such an insult. I told you. Week 11. Week 11. Russ and Sean Payton. That divorce. There'll be at least a legal separation at that point. When are they? When do you think it's over for Russ? You're saying week 11 by by week 11, Russ will no longer be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Russ will either get benched and it will be bad or Peyton is going to come out and be a little more brutally honest about that, which will lead to the major deterioration of that. I say by week 11, Russ will be benched. Okay, I like that take. Uh, Peyton, by the way, spoiled after all those years in New Orleans with Drew Brees. Like, yep. when you have Hall of Fame quarterback play for over a decade, and the thing with Brees is, it's not like he was 6'5", 240 pounds and ran a 4'2". Brees was undersized for the position. He was just extremely smart and extremely accurate. He knew how to run an offense. He knew how to move quickly. He knew how to dissect defenses. And he was pinpoint accurate with the football. I mean, his the amount of times he was completing 70% of his passes in a season he broke the mark for that years ago. And then I think he broke his own mark after that. That's how good he was. Peyton may have may not realize how good he had it with Drew Brees because he clearly made mention of how in that cut, you know, it's not like he had to deal with this before. He didn't have trouble getting the plays in. Well, you're having them now because your quarterback doesn't understand. And your quarterback had plays with the problems with this last year too, but we buried Hackett for it. Now all of a sudden it's looking like Russ is even more of the problem. I mean, as I look at it, At Miami, at Chicago, the Jets, at Kansas City, Green Bay, Kansas City. That's that's through week eight. I'm feeling good about week 11. (laughs) I'm feeling like if I can get some odds on this one, I'd jump on it. I might get some decent numbers, and I'll tell you what. They got Minnesota Sunday night, week 11. Ugh, what a game. What a game that'll be. Can you... (laughs) Uh, They're going to flex that one out. I'll tell you that much right now. If that's available for flex out, that's getting flexed out. (laughs) 
There's going to be you something later. that they're going to rather that go That game's in there. Denver. They'll still play it at 1 o'clock if they can. <laughs> I mean, they'll Jared. It, they'll play it at 9 a.m. They'll <laughs> ship it off last minute. They'll flex it into London. It'll be Friday night. It'll be a Friday night game. <laughs> up against, like, Colorado State, Boise. <laughs> um, they Jared? might move the game to Boise and play it on the Smurf turf. Uh, see, now we're going to get ourselves in trouble with everyone. Now we're getting we ridiculous. <laughs> Jared Stidham's the backup. That was yep. the guy that was brought in from the Raiders this offseason. I mean, yep. at some point, maybe Peyton wants to get a look at him. I don't know what's there, but when he stepped in for Derek Carr late in the season against the Niners, he put on a hell of a show in that game here in Las Vegas. I mean, a hell of a show. We may need that clip of Peyton at the end just saying, if we have to wristband it, we will. <sighs> I want to hear this again. I'm sorry. You mentioned the communication was slow in the second half, specifically that second to last drive. What, what was going on? Yeah, it was more than just was one drive. There was a number of drives, you know, where we're late with personnel, getting out of the huddle. We took a while. I mean, that's got to change. We had to burn timeouts in the first half, and I'm not used to doing. we got to be better, and uh, I've got to be better. Russ has got to be sharper with, with getting it, getting the play out, and then we got to look at how much we have in. But, um, you know, if we need to wristband it, we will. <laughs> do you think maybe maybe we're we're hearing this wrong maybe Peyton's suggesting wristbanding it because Peyton himself is doing a poor job and he needs to find a way to give Russ a little bit more support because he's not delivering he his end of the bargain he said Russ has to be sharper yeah I was just he specifically to, said oof. we were late getting out of the huddle a few times like he mentioned the personnel on the field that's not Russ but he mentioned himself, and he mentioned Russ in it. So he's he's got himself covered, let's say. But he ain't hiding it. He you know ain't what hiding the, it. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the end of Donovan McNabb's career. Like, Donovan McNabb had all those years in Philadelphia. Mm. Very successful. Lots of NFC Championship games. A Super Bowl appearance. Lots of Pro Bowls. And then he got traded to Washington. And then oh. he ended up in Minnesota. And you just heard story after story about how slow he moved at practice. How no one realized it took him this long The process. How he's not really putting in enough of the work physically. How he's a little bit out of shape. And it was like Andy Reid apparently had covered all this up for years. And no one knew what was happening. And then when he got out in the world. World, Washington felt like they got sold a, a fake bill of goods, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like it's happening now. Russ, no one ever thought any of this stuff about Russ. And now he gets away from Seattle, and it's just at every turn, everyone around him is pointing out the stuff he's doing wrong. You know, if we need to wristband it, we will. Oof. Might need to wristband this radio show. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. What are you saying? I'm not getting to the line of scrimmage fast enough? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it's like we're going to get called in for tomorrow's uh, listening session. It's going to be like, all right, guys, got you a couple wristbands here. It's nothing personal. Don't associate it with what's happening in Denver. Just here are your out times. Here's how you ask questions in an interview. Stop stomping all over each other. Uh, in moments, part two. Of the NFL takeoff, my friends. It is Carlin versus Joe. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane! Everybody strap in! This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. You're damn right it is. Part two, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's roll. Colts 31, Texans 20. Uh, in what was predicted to be the fourth game in the quad box on Sunday, actually turned out not to be. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I said this to you last week, just taking too many hits in week one, and what do you know? Week two, he rushes for two early touchdowns, but on the second one, takes a big hit, slams his head, and next thing you know, he's in concussion protocol. That's going to be a scary situation for the Colts all year long. You've got to teach him how to just lay off getting hit. Uh, bizarre game. Go inside the box score. Houston outgained the Colts 389 to 353 total yards. Houston was 50% on third down, which is fantastic. They were two for two on fourth down, which is fantastic. They committed five fewer penalties. They only committed one turnover. They held the ball for 35 minutes, and they were never in the game. I don't understand how they were never in the game despite everything I see in the box score. Now, they gave up six sacks. They didn't get any sacks. And they were also one for four in the red zone while the Colts were four for four. So this Houston team has a lot of work to do because that was one of the few games on the schedule that was very winnable for them. And they were never even in it. So when you're talking about who's going to have the first overall pick next year, I can guarantee it won't be Houston because they could have the worst record, but they don't have that pick. They traded it to Arizona. Exactly. That's problematic, and, and they need to get better, so they better be very helpful. Although Paris Johnson looks good so far, uh, they need these players to, to be good. I mean, for Arizona, I should say, Paris, Paris Johnson looks good. They they need these these players to be better, and I, I, I like Will Anderson a lot. I think he's going to be really good, but it's still early for the Texans in this rebuilding process. Buccaneers 27, Bears 17. Justin Fields just holding the ball way too long, and it's frustrating. But I, I, we talked about this at length earlier. I want him to be so much better than he is playing right now, and I want this to not be uh, his fault. I don't think it's 100% his fault, but I think a good portion of it is. Other thing from this game, do we have to start respecting Baker Mayfield a little bit more? A little bit, yeah. yeah. He deserves some credit. They're 2-0, and they were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. It doesn't need to look pretty. It doesn't need to be impressive. 
They've been effective. For the Bears, it's only a matter of time before that organization finds a way to start throwing Justin Fields under the bus as the fall guy. Remember, it was the old organization that drafted him, and then they got fired. The new organization, whoa, this isn't our guy. Just because he's not playing well, that's not our fault. We went out and got him Chase Claypool. We went out and got him DJ Moore. We drafted an offensive lineman with a first-round pick. What more can we do? What you should let us do is move on from him and draft our own quarterback so that we can develop him classic self-preservation mode on behalf of the front office and coaching staff you're going to start hearing about that real soon reports are going to leak that fields isn't the guy the organization is going to hang him out to dry as the fall man here totally see that happening absolutely seahawks 37 lions 31 give seattle credit this could have been 0 and 2 very easily for them um that was a, a bad loss last week they went on the road this week. They were four-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, not many people, certainly not me, expected them to go and win this game. Uh, reading Peter King this morning, talking about Geno Smith and the calm way in which he is really leading that team, I feel good for Geno Smith because it's been a long path to get here. He got his money this offseason, but he is still doing everything he can to keep that team in these games and give them an opportunity. That's a good road win for the Seahawks yesterday. If you're the Lions, I don't want to hear any more about how you're disrespected or overlooked. You can't ask for better situations than the one you had here and fail and then look at everyone for not giving you enough credit. You had 10 days to get ready for this game. You're at home. You're facing a Seattle team that is without both starting offensive tackles and that lost DK Metcalf during the game to an injury. In addition to that, Seattle's defense isn't all that good, as evidenced by the fact that you hung 31 points on them. And you lose the game at overtime. In overtime. You blew a lead as well. Credit Seattle. They played a lousy second half in week one against the Rams. They played a great second half in week two against the Lions. But if you're the Lions and you want people to take you seriously, you can't lose games like this. Don't worry about covering the spread. You can't lose games like this. You had 10 days to get ready, and they were banged up. That's inexcusable to me. I totally agree with that. Ravens 27, Bengals 24. Great win for the Ravens, who are who are 2-0. Great win for the Ravens. They're banged up, and they are 2-0 going on the road to Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow is banged up right now himself, said he tweaked his calf late in the game yesterday. There is no need, no need whatsoever for the 0-2 Bengals to right now play Joe Burrow. They just gave him... $219 million, a notoriously cheap franchise, anteed up, protect your investment, because that injury in and of itself is very easily uh, a precursor to potentially tearing an Achilles if you're not careful, as we saw with Aaron Rodgers. Tried to tell you about Lamar Jackson to win MVP before the season started at 18 to 1. Set it again at 16 to 1. Set it again at 14 to 1. Now it's 11 to 1. He played great yesterday. He completed 72% of his passes, 237 yards. Threw for two touchdowns, did not turn the ball over, no interceptions, didn't take any sacks. And oh, by the way, ran the ball 12 times for 54 yards. That's as clean a game as you can ask for for the newly minted quarterback. And it was on the road against one of the Super Bowl favorites in Cincinnati. Bengals are struggling, but this new look offense with Lamar Jackson, he's getting a lot of guys involved. Aguilar had five catches for 63 yards. Zay Flowers with four grabs. Mark Andrews with five. Odell Beckham with three. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different players catch a pass yesterday. Look out, man. This Ravens team is for real. They are very, very good. And again, 
Very banged up as well. Gus Edwards did a solid job yesterday. I heard a lot of chatter yesterday, too, about trying to reinvigorate that possibility of trading for Jonathan Taylor. Falcons 25, Packers 24. This was a weird game. And admittedly, out of all the 1 o'clock games, it's probably the one that I watched the least. But I will give credit to Arthur Falcon, uh, Arthur Falcons, Arthur Bl- uh, <laughs> Smith here. Uh, Arthur Blank, Arthur Atlanta, Falcons, Arthur Atlanta Smith. Atlanta Smith, Arthur Falcons. Any one of them. Uh, Arthur Smith here. Did you see what he did late in this game? They're at the 23-yard line with a fourth down and one. And he just, with over two minutes left, he down 24-22. He very easily could have kicked the field goal right there. He goes for it, has an, a bizarre little quick pitch out to Bijan Robinson, who gets the first down, and they're able to take another minute plus off the clock and take the lead. That was a gutsy call by Arthur Smith. And look up, you know, after tonight... We could have three teams in the NFC South who are two and zero. I um I don't <laughs> I don't know what it's like to eat magic mushrooms, but I'd imagine Falcons games are what it's like to eat magic <laughs> mushrooms. I got no idea what I'm watching with these games they play. I mean, they are out there. One minute they look absolutely horrible, and then they're beating Carolina by 14. This game against Green Bay, it never felt like they were going to win. At every single turn in that game, it felt like they were going to lose. And then the game ended, and they had won. These are wild games they play in. Uh, if you're Arthur Smith. Man, you are going to be kicking yourself at the end of this season when you think about what could have been if you had had a competent quarterback. Desmond Ritter, I like him. He was a great quarterback at the University of Cincinnati. He is not an NFL quarterback. He is going to hold this team back in a big way. All right, two quick ones. Real, uh, the last two we've got. Giants 31, Cardinals 28. Giants were down 28-7 in this game, and they come back and win. I, I will say save their season in week two. Good for you. You came back, and after falling behind by three touchdowns to a god-awful team. Nobody lays down in the second half like a Jonathan Gannon defense. We saw it in the Super Bowl when the Eagles got steamrolled by Kansas City. We saw it in the fourth quarter last week when his Cardinals uh, lost to the Commanders. They blew a fourth quarter lead. And then whatever that was yesterday was just a downright embarrassing display. They can always lean on tanking, but we know they wanted to win that game. I know he wanted to win that game. He had no answers at all for the Giants in the second half. 49 is 30. Rams 23. Speaking of tanking, we thought the Rams were going to be doing that. They are better than we thought. They are 1-1, one and one, and they had an opportunity uh, in this game. And I think Sean McVay is starting to think his younger team is coming along a little bit quicker than he thought. Niners are a tough out. You're going to see it all season long. Defensively, though, McVay had really game plan well to move the ball down the field. Um, credit to Sean McVay. He's doing a heck of a job with that team. Two tough divisional games early in the season. Wins one on the road in Seattle. Almost beats up the Niners yesterday. That was a good football game. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. In moments, three words. Monday night moneymaker. Next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Let's finish this. It's time to end the football week with a win. Easy money. This is Monday Night Moneymaker. You're damn right it is. I had a rough weekend. After you gave me the winner's Friday night with Maryland, <laughs> I played that. 
We were in good shape, and then Saturday and Sunday, nothing went right. It was one of those weekends. It's all right. We shake it off, and we come back tonight strong. Okay, so explain to everybody the concept of Monday Night Moneymaker. Okay, every Monday, you and I will be laying out a series of bets on Monday Night Football. We have two games tonight, so you have two games to choose from. We start the season with $100 each. We can wager however much we want on each bet, but once you go bust, if you go bust, you're out. Whoever has the most at the end of the season wins. We'll probably do a nice steak dinner or something like that on this. We still have to figure out the terms. After week one, you did a nice job. You turned a profit. You are now plus $111.30. I broke completely even, so I am still at $100. I want to make note. I'm going to give out four picks here. These are all pizza money selections as well. Pizza money went three, one, and one over the weekend, plus 1.9 units. Overall, pizza money is eight. Eight and one down 0.68 units. So all four of these are also official pizza money plays as well. So we're down 68 cents. Okay. 68 cents. We're okay. We're doing yeah, we're fine. fine. It's early in the game. All right. So let's get going. You want me to start or are you going to start? Panthers. I should have probably waited for the sounder there. That's, no, all that's me because I hit it twice and it didn't go and a fat yes. handing continues <laughs> on the show. What a mess. Yeah. All right. Are you starting? You know how many here? times people have looked at me and said, "What a mess!" <laughs> <laughs> what a mess! Over how many times one. I've looked at myself and said that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, I've got one bet. I've got one bet for this game. I've got three for the other game. So my okay. one bet here. Bryce Young over nine and a half rushing yards. It's minus 125, so I'm going to risk $6.25 to win $5 on this. Last week, he ran for like 15 yards. His offensive line is suspect. He's going to be pressured. He's going to have to get outside the pocket. He's going to have to make plays down the field. He doesn't have a lot of wide receivers, so when in doubt, tuck it and run. Monday Night Football, home debut. Make some plays, son. Bryce Young over nine and a half rushing yards. Okay, I like it. I like it a lot. Here's where I'm going. I am going with a little situation we like to call free money. When I see free money, I have to take advantage of it. It's un-American not to. And I see free money tonight. And you may not agree with me. Tough. Here's the deal. We have got Adam Thielen over 30 and a half yards. Over 30 and a half yards. He had a very quiet week one, but he was the number one target throughout the preseason for Bryce Young. I think 30 and a half yards is an absolute steal for Adam Thielen in this situation. Now, that is plus 100. Speaking of theft, plus 100. We're going to go five units. Adam Thielen. Over 30 and a half yards on the first game. Okay, so that's even money. So that's $5 to win $5. Correct. Okay, are we now Browns? I'm a mess. I, no, I so am I. I'm so stepping all over this. No, speak and then I will hit the button. Uh, let's go ahead and turn our head. Brown. <laughs> Browns and Steelers. Number, number eight. <laughs> number nine. <laughs> go ahead. All right, I've got three picks in this matchup tonight. Number one, I'm going to lay $6.75 to win $5. Nick Chubb over 83 and a half rushing yards. Ooh. Deshaun Watson, not all the way back just yet. This is a big number. The key here, 
Cam Hayward, star defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is out for this game. Cleveland's got a good offensive line. They'll be able to run. Number two in this game, under 38 total points, risking $5.50 to win $5. I don't see a lot of scoring here. Again, you're going to run the ball if you're Cleveland. You're going to play great defense. Two key wide receivers are out. Deontay Johnson's out for Pittsburgh. Conflicting reports on what's going on with Amari Cooper. He might play. There are reports he might not play. Either way, Cleveland is missing one of their offensive linemen, so I think it's a low-scoring game. And then, yes, Kenny Pickett will throw an interception. That's $5 to win. Five, that's risking five fifty to win $5. So I'll give Evan all the prices later, but it's to recap my four. Bryce Young over 9.5 rushing yards. Nick Chubb over 83.5 rushing yards. Steelers-Browns under 38 points. Yes, Kenny Pickett will throw an interception. Okay, okay, very good. Uh, I also have two selections for this game, and they are both, uh, well, one is an individual prop and one is a straight-out win. Steelers, as you've heard Christine say a few times, have not lost to the Browns at home in 20 years. In 20 years. They are getting two and a half points, and they are plus 108 on the money line. Give me the two and a half points at minus 118, okay? Mm-hmm. Minus 118. Pittsburgh plus two and a half. And we're again going to put $5 on that to win how much? I don't plus 118. You know the math on this stuff better than I do. What is, what's the overall wager? It's $5 minus 118. Minus one, so 18 times five. 18 times is, five 50, is uh, so it's 590. Right. 590 so to win $5. Is that how you're doing it? Yes, there you go. Okay. $5.90 nice. to win $5. Pittsburgh plus two and a half. And then. Uh, this one also free money. Najee Harris over ten and a half receiving yards. Najee Harris over ten and a half receiving yards minus one ten. How are these free money? Because this it's is what I'm telling free you. Free money, Flacadini. Yeah, well, it's close to it. It's free money. Okay, free money. Najee Harris over ten and a half receiving yards. It's going to happen. I mean, lock it in. Part of his allure was the fact that he was going to catch so many balls out of the backfield. Minus 110 to go over 10 and a half yards receiving. We will bet $5 to win, what, 480 there or 60? Minus 110. I don't know. Minus 110. So you bet 550 to win five. 550 to win five. There you go. That's how you do it like a pro. Also, that little rat, Evan, is in my ear going, we should fade all of these. Oh, we should fade all of these against Carlin. <laughs> oh, screw him. Hey, Let's fade us, all of Carlin's I mean, picks. If he's saying free money, I mean, I'm just uh, karma. Who do you I'm think I am, Francesca? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Listen, I was, I was the one ahead last week, so do what you want. Yeah. yeah, you did very well last week. Well, very let's well. call it what it is. Y'all can go to hell then, okay? All right? I'm just trying to help. I'm <laughs> I love just how, trying to help. I love it how we each were told we could only do two picks last week, so we did two each. This week, I think we put seven or eight out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last thing you want to do is drag this kind of thing out. <laughs> You know, if we need to wristband it, we will. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. So, guys, this is going to be a shorter segment. Okay, we're going to get about 14 picks in. Okay, I've got nine. Carlin's got five. And then we're going to recap it. <laughs> and I only did more because you did more, so I thought I should do yeah. more. Yeah, you can feel the flow. You can feel the flow. If you have two Monday oh. night games and you're, not, and you're not putting more action down, what are you even doing? What are you even exactly. do? Why are you even living? <laughs> Just pack it in, honestly. Just go live like a hermit somewhere and don't even have a television. I don't want to know you.
Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. I did not call the Pittsburgh win free money. I would not do that. I uh, I think it's a nice bet considering they haven't lost them at home in 20 years, and you are getting points at home. That was my rationale behind it. Should be a nice doubleheader. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.